Welcome to Dark Alignment. I'm Brittany. And I'm Amy. Also, Rick Rose on Instagram. And I'm <laughs> at Britt underscore Oakley on Instagram. <laughs> um, and we are a true crime plus astrology podcast. So we're here on episode nine. Wow, nice. we're going to be double digits. I was thinking oh that God. we're about to be in our double, yeah. double digits, which is amazing. Thank you guys so much for uh, continuing to go on this journey with us, for being this here. journey with us. If you yeah. are a first time <laughs> listener, welcome. Prepare yourselves because this episode is <laughs> fucked up. So you kind of picked a hardcore one to start on. Um, but please, uh, if you like our podcast, like us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you can subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any episodes. Follow us. You can follow each of us and our page at Dark Alignment. And then we have a Patreon. We do have a Patreon if you'd like to support us monetarily. Yes, it makes it possible to have some equipment upgrades and things that we need for the podcast to go on. So thank you to our Patreon supporters. You guys are the thank best. You. And thank you guys for just interacting with us online mm. and just like It's really fun to get to know people who are in the same stuff we are. Yes. Thank you guys for just showing up. It's a week <laughs> of gratitude. It's Thanksgiving week. Oh, so yeah. lots of gratitude today. Um, then we're going to get into some fucked up shit, so it's short-lived as it's far as that goes. It's still fall season here. It's harvest time. It is, yes. Please notice these flowers that Amy purchased and I arranged. So, and do you want to talk about the vase? Oh, the vase is, um, from my great-grandmother who passed away. She, uh, had a bunch of stuff that she either used herself or got from, like, um, garage sale she was in a garage sale yes who is i think this must have been like an old liquor bottle it's pretty sweet but it's so pretty so i use it for everything it's very special (laughs) is this how you had it you know i I don't want to okay sure (laughs) um so i'm gonna go ahead and put out a trigger warning because this episode has lots of triggers um and then i have a surprise announcement actually I didn't tell you about. Oh no! You yeah so, you you. I said, are there, we have any announcements? Today? And she I, kind of I brushed it off. It. Uh, <laughs> I have an announcement. Okay. And that is that Amy had a birthday this week. Oh yeah. And that is special. And oh, want yeah. to acknowledge that. And I actually got Thank you a present. You. Oh no! No. Dun dun dun! <laughs> I was joking about this. An Amazon the gift card. We had a lot of conversations about Amazon gift cards. Amazon's this week. so great. Thank you so much. <laughs> you're welcome. And you're the highest bidder on these so far. So. Fuck yeah. That's right. Thank you very much. That's right. I'm not good at accepting presents. Thank you. I, I don't want to make you feel awkward, but at the same time. But I'm you so obviously old. did. <laughs> Wait until the podcast started. I just. This is great that it's on camera. I, I wanted to surprise you. And then also, it's great live emotional. Television? Mm, this isn't television. Mm, Podcasting. Okay. So. Oh, thank you. You are welcome. You're very sweet. Happy birthday. Okay, thank you. Scorpio season. <laughs> so, okay. lots of exciting stuff going on on the podcast day. Also, I'm an expectant dog mom right now, you guys. We have, yeah, we are both expect having babies we're coming into our lives soon. <laughs> we're pregnant-ish um, together. We're, we've been choosing names. Mm-hmm. We've been cha- changing, showing each other our name baby lists. Yeah, we've been sharing baby. baby lists, and uh, we've settled on a name for my baby. My baby girl, little baby Evelyn, baby Evie will oh, be here. I'll picture. I'll put a... Okay, we'll put a picture of her. She is a uh, piebald miniature dachshund, and she is so precious. So uh, she's still too little to bring home, but I'm... 
living my best life. Barley's going to be a big sister, and it's going to be incredible. Barley asked for it. And, yeah. She did. I, actually, we had dog tarot readings. <laughs> we, had, we had joint dog tarot readings. We haven't readings. done an episode in a minute. We've been We're up to some catch you up shit, real quick. you guys. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we took our dogs yeah. to get tarot readings, and based on that reading, mm-hmm. um, I, within hours, I had already put a bid down on a on a new yeah. puppy for Barley to have as a best friend. So it was great. I it was, was great. like, I was like, oh, they told her to get another dog. Mm-hmm. She's gonna find one by tonight. And I did. She, she was like, I know did, her. Didn't yeah. waste time. Mm-hmm. So if you um, ever have a chance to get your dog a tarot reading, fucking do definitely it. do. Get us some kind of dog reading or pet reading. We each had the best experience. So mm-hmm. we'll go back probably. Yes. <laughs> um, we're. I'm bringing the new baby. It has to go. Oh well, yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> Um, so, without further ado, we are going to talk about Jeffrey motherfucking Dahmer. Oh, God. Okay. So, Jeffrey Dahmer, his claim to fame, he was known as the Milwaukee Cannibal. Wow. Or the Milwaukee Monster. He's an American serial killer and sex offender who committed the rape murder, and dismemberment of 17 men and boys Whoa. between That's the years um, 1978 to 1991. Many of his later murders involved necrophilia, cannibalism, and preserving the body parts of his victims. So, mm. um, She's going to be ruining some, the, some we, music for us? Oh, <laughs> he has more claims to fame that um, I actually didn't know We about. started talking about this right before yes. we started filming. So I was thinking... When she kept saying Jeffrey Dahmer, I was like, I have, like, music in my head every time you say his name, and I don't know why. I didn't and know And apparently why. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer is rap's favorite serial killer. Um, he's mentioned in several songs, such as oh Dark God. Horse by Katy Perry. No. Cannibal by Kesha. That's the one that's stuck in my head We all just time. listened to it, so. Um. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll pull a Jeffrey Dahmer. And then <laughs> Eat You Alive by Lil Wayne and Ludacris, The Cypher by Chris Brown, Tyga, Kevin McCall, and Ace Hood. Um, You're Gonna Love This, 303, Must Be Ganja, uh, Ganja Eminem, I would sound what? so dumb saying that one. Uh, Things Get Worse, Eminem. Eminem do get oh, worse. Eminem has mentioned him several times. Uh... <laughs> Wow. Bubba, you cubba cubba, Eminem. Well, now that song's ruined. Uh, Black is. Friday, Lil' Kim. Actually, I didn't know that one either. Um, Click, uh, Fucking Problem by Tyga. Tyga's on here more than once. Okay, Pretty Tyga, Boy Swag. Calm down. What? Pretty Boy Swag? <laughs> it says, um, I am shocked. Eat your heart out, bitch. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer Demir, my luggage. Or something. Sure. Um, I mean, that's a pretty shitty. Natural lyric. Born Killers by Dr. Dre. Gingerbread Man, Gucci Mane. What is going Dancing on? Dancing Dirty, Ludacris. Dancing Dirty? I'm Don't on mix it. that with Dahmer. J. Cole. They're ruining all the best things. Body Parts by 3 Six Mafia. Oh, okay, well, that's. that's Electric City by Black Eyed Peas. Ben's or Beamer Outcast. This is fucking ridiculous. That's the whole, that's the whole list okay. on this page. Okay. You guys, <laughs> don't write a song and include him in it. I went off on a little bit of a rant, as I do. You do the rant. Do the um, rant. Beforehand, where it's like, I feel like people who did that do not know the story that I'm about to review with you, because if they fucking they did, don't. they would not be able to be lighthearted with using him in lyrics, because what he did was so fucking fucked up, you guys. Mm-hmm. Trigger warning, this is a <laughs> fucked up cannibal story. Get ready. We're ready. Get set. We're ready. 
Here we go. Okay, ruin all the music. Ruin all the music and possibly everyone's lives. <laughs> um, okay, so Jeffrey Dahmer, lifespan. He was born on May 21st, 1960, and died November 28th, 1994. Wow. So the anniversary of his death Close is coming to up. Today. Yeah. Um, so this first section is called Shitty Parenting. So Dahmer was born in Milwaukee, and he was the oldest of two sons. When he was born, his dad was a college student studying chemistry, and mom was apparently a teletype machine instructor, which I assume is like teaching people to use a switchboard or something. Some old technology. Some sort of I'm shitty assuming. old technology, but honestly, like, who the <laughs> fuck cares? Anyway, according to Dahmer, he was neglected as an infant, because oh, he would remember. Mm. Well, it could imp- impact him. You know, I know I'm just being a dick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to not be a dick from the get go. He's just a baby at this he, he's point. He's a baby. Be nice to him. All right, baby. infant Dahmer, fine. <laughs> All right. Sources close to the family though say that he was full of shit, and that's not true. But like, no one really knows. Um, one cool thing they let him name his little brother. Whoa! Like, isn't that kind of fucking cool? Um, and he picked David, which is a solid choice. I know your son really likes the name Dave. Um, so I learned that right before we started recording, so that's a huh. fun fact. Um, but his mom had, like, a reputation for being super fucking uptight and for really loving attention and pity. Everybody's mm. favorite kind of person to be around. I'm sure she was great at parties. Totally. yeah. Um, she was apparently a pain in the ass and argued with everyone, including her husband and the neighbors, so just, like, whoever... Cool. Um, oh, she was never invited to the block party because she was a real cunt. Um, <laughs> she laid in bed a lot, saying that she was weak from having anxiety, and I'm just over here like, bitch, me too. Stop it, though. Um, she became addicted right. to a tranquilizer oh. and eventually tried to commit suicide by overdosing on them, but she had built up a tolerance, so it didn't work out. Um, <laughs> The mom was also really needy for attention, uh, and neither of her sons were much of a priority because of that. She kind of wanted to be the center of the universe, and she was a fucking hot mess. So, Dahmer was said to be pretty happy and energetic, still, um, until about his fourth birthday, because he had to have a double hernia surgery. Oh my god. A four-year-old. Whoa. What the fuck? Um, so his young life, when he was in school, he was pretty reserved. He didn't have a lot of friends, and from an early age, Dahmer was, like, super into dead animals. Um, you know, just like regular kids. Uh, it's chill. He has, like, two friends, and they later recalled that he collected large insects, like dragonflies and Mm. butterflies, and that's cool. Um, he'd keep them in jars. That's all pretty normal. I had, like, a lightning bug hotel mm-hmm. when I was a kid, and I fucking yeah. loved lightning bugs and butterflies and stuff and caterpillars. So, you know, that's not too bad. But then <laughs> um, he started to collect roadkill, and he'd, like, bring Ooh. his friends along for this. And, like, he didn't just collect the roadkill. He would take it home and, like, dismember it in the woods behind his house. Right, so, right. Um, according to one of his friends... But Dahmer would actually dismember the animals and store their body parts in jars and keep them in the family's tool shed. So it was just, he was always explaining, oh, I love this quote. Okay. He was explaining that he was curious as to how each animal fitted together. 
might have it fitted together. I don't know how it fitted together. Oh, um, oh, I don't like that. So he progressed to decapitating live animals from this and doing really fucked up shit with their bodies, and I won't go into detail here because I just fucking can't. Like, I had a hard time. At that point, it's an obsession, and you want to see every animal or something. And uh, All yeah. the details of what he did here are available, um, but okay. I started to cry and was like, I can't. Nope. So um, <laughs> he did some really bad things to animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so father and son bonding time. We haven't talked much about dad, except being a chemist. So okay. the family moved to Ohio in 1968, so Dahmer mm-hmm. was eight years old. Uh, and then two years later, one night at the dinner table, Dahmer started asking his dad, like, what would happen if the bones of the chicken were placed into, like, a bleach solution? It's a normal question that every eight-year-old wants to know about That's at dinner. That's your dad's a chemist, and you can... Right, his dad had been concerned. Someone who can... Okay. Yeah. All right. His dad had been concerned that Dahmer was, like, not really into anything, didn't put forth much effort into anything. He was kind of like lazy and mm-hmm. shitty, and he was like, God, the kid sucks. And then when he, his son starts to show an interest in science, he like gets pumped up. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, hell yeah. So um, <laughs> his dad is like willing to demonstrate how to bleach bones mm-hmm. and preserve animal bones. So um, he thought he was like, bonding with the son, and I guess he was, but uh, mm. Dahmer used this knowledge about cleansing and reserving the bones later, and he just kept, like, doing this to animal bones for the time being wow. and collecting them, so weird. All right. High school and being a total loser. At this point, Dahmer is a fucking outcast. He's super weird. He loves dead animals. Uh, his classmates thought his behavior was disturbing. Mm-hmm. He always brought alcohol with him to school and, like, kept it in his fucking weird jacket, which is, and, like, put it in his locker. Um, and that started when he was only 14. So drinking is not cool yet, especially, like, day drinking. 14 and, is like, young. Yeah. 14 is real young. You know, you're not going to, like, be popular because you're fucking wasted at 14. No. Like, that's... I'd be like, what's wrong with you? What you? <laughs> but he would literally drink in class and tell people it was his medicine. So he right. like right. Um, was self-medicating, Clever. hardcore with alcohol. Mm-hmm. He still managed to get pretty decent grades, which is shocking. Um, and his teachers thought he was a lot more intelligent than he let on. So in the closet, by puberty, he realized that he was gay, but he kept it to himself. So his parents definitely didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at one point he had a boyfriend, but it was secret and they never had sex. Um, Dahmer later says that around this time he started having fantasies about having a submissive partner, which a lot of people have those fantasies. Mm-hmm. No shaming that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then his fantasies started to include dissection, and that's like, hey, that's too far. Oh. Um, he started having rape fantasies around the age of 16. And they were really specific. So he was, like, imagining a specific male jogger that he found attractive and saw pretty often. Mm -hmm. And in this fantasy, it was mostly about um, doing things to his victim's unconscious body. So he finally Mm -hmm. acts on this. And he hides in some bushes on the route that this guy fucking usually ran. And he brought a baseball bat with him. So he's, like, hiding in the bushes with a baseball bat, laying in wait for a guy to run by. Um, and it didn't happen. So, rest day. Fucking save somebody's life. Um, so that was... He didn't try again to get that same guy. So, but this was his first but, attempt. Right. He premeditated this. He had made plans. 
um, and they were foiled by, you know, things that were out of his control. So, he's still super weird at school, and he starts to kind of, like, turn it into being a class clown and mm-hmm. thought it was funny. That This is really offensive. I, I can't. I'm like, okay, it's the 70s. I think uh-huh. people probably thought this was funny like, then. Uh, um, but he would, like, pretend to have a seizure and, like, convulse and he would like knock stuff over and like he did all this to get attention and people you know i guess thought it was funny but they other kids called it doing a dahmer which is really embarrassing sounds like one of those lyrics it's embarrassing as fuck yeah okay so his parents are also not doing well and they end up getting a divorce around this time and Mm -hmm. that's about the time that he graduates so it's like 1978 okay at this point Murdering time. Here we go. All right. Trigger warning again, y'all. Ugh. So three weeks after he graduates, he is ready to party. Just like most ready. graduates. Gonna party, yeah. gonna drink, gonna do stuff. Um, so his family, like, he has the family home all to himself because his parents got divorced. And mm-hmm. his mom moved out, his dad moved out. And he was actually kind of renting the place from his mom, so he was paying her for it. Okay. And he's got the house to himself. Like, most people probably throw a kegger. It's right after graduation. Mm-hmm. Well, Dahmer decides to pick up an 18-year-old hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks. <laughs> and uh, Stephen was on his way to a rock concert, and Dahmer was like, come over to my house. We'll have some drinks. It was really gacy of him to kind of do that. Uh, and then, according to Dahmer, after several hours of drinking, listening to music, this is a direct quote. Stephen wanted to leave, and I didn't want him to. No. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's really the uh, okay. overarching theme of, of everything you're about to hear. All right. So, Dahmer freaks out. He bludgeons Stephen with a 10-pound dumbbell. And then mm. as soon as Stephen falls unconscious, uh, Dahmer strangles him to death with the bar of the dumbbell. And then strips his name. Strips him naked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he proceeds to masturbate over the body, uh, which is his first segue into active necrophilia fantasies. Right. So, um, kind of go into some detail about necrophilia a little bit later mm-hmm. in the story. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of like he's he's testing it out. Yeah. The next day, uh, Dahmer dissects Stephen's body in the basement and buries the remains in a shallow grave in the backyard. And just when you think. It can't get any worse. He waits a few weeks, and he digs up the remains, and he removes the flesh from Stephen's No. And then he dissolves the flesh in acid before flushing the solution down the toilet. Mm. He crushes uh, the bones with a sledgehammer and scatters them in the forest behind his home. Holy fucking shit. This is his first murder. That's a lot for you. It escalates. He commits 17 murders, and it does not get milder. That's really the only one that we go into too much detail Mm -hmm. with. Um, There were too many to go into all the details, but he kind of had an MO, and he kind of followed that pattern for all of them. Um, So now, Dahmer loves America. So, six weeks later, Dahmer's dad and new fiancé actually move into the family home with him after he's committed his crime. Mm-hmm. He actually enrolls in college and wants to major in business, so he has some goals. 
But too bad for him. He can't stop being, like, super fucking wasted. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the ultimate GPA fucking <laughs> fail of a lifetime? So, his GPA was... For... Okay, go ahead. His GPA is a point four five. Whoa! I was thinking a one point something. No, no, no. No, much... Wow. Point four five out of 4.0. Okay. I don't know you how... You fail everything. I don't even know how that's possible, to be honest. So, it's oh. impressively terrible. Um... One time, his dad actually came up for a surprise visit, and he found Dahmer in his dorm room, like, passed out in a pile of bottles. So, Dahmer drops out. Even though his tuition was prepaid for the next semester, he was just kind of like, fuck uh. it, and left. So, <laughs> um, what an idiot. At this point, his dad is just, like, so frustrated. His son sucks at life, and uh, he urges him to join the military. Mm-hmm. Dahmer actually does pretty well with this. Um, okay. The military's a pretty good place for him at mm-hmm. first. Um, first. Oh, wait. There's, like, still a part where he's drugging and raping other soldiers for, like, the next year and a half and being a total psycho. So, you know. Um, it, it was actually kind of like a hunting ground for him. And then finally, in 1981, his drinking was super out of control and they decided he was unfit for the army, and they threw his ass out. But he got an honorable discharge, which is gross. Mm. Come mm-hmm. the fuck on. Right. Didn't need that, guys. Didn't. So, he was afraid to go home because his dad <laughs> yeah. disappointed again. Um, so, he went to the place that all shitheads go. I'll give you one guess. Where? Back in Florida. Florida. That's where everybody goes. Um, I like Florida. I mean, I love Florida, but it's also a place of, like, fugitives. And yeah. <laughs> because it's such a tourist. And retirement. Yeah. And military. A lot and... of it's because it's such a tourist <laughs> Well, community. this was 1960. So... We're 19... Or not 1960. 80-something. Okay. So, <laughs> the big thing about going to Florida, which is mm-hmm. why a lot of criminals do it, is because... Um, it's a tourist place, so mm-hmm. people aren't really going to recognize that you don't belong in a community. You can right. kind of blend in more yeah. because people are coming and going. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit easier. And also, if you're homeless, you're on the run. It doesn't. You don't have winters. Mm-hmm. You can sleep exactly. in the woods. You can camp. So it. There are a lot of reasons why people it makes, it makes go to Florida. So throwing that out there. <laughs> um. So whenever he gets to Florida. He gets a job at a deli and lives in a hotel, and mm-hmm. he spends his whole paycheck on alcohol. Um, he actually got evicted from a hotel because he couldn't wow. pay for rent. Is it called rent when you live in a hotel? I don't know. Um, but he started sleeping on the beach and uh, making sandwiches until finally he, like, gave up and called Daddy. So then he goes back to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He moves back home. He moves in with his dad and new stepmom. He kept drinking. He's got to do chores. <laughs> he actually gets a charge of drunken disorderly conduct um, from just being an idiot around town. Um, and his dad, like, tries to stage an intervention, and mm-hmm. it doesn't work. Everybody just hates this piece of shit except his grandma. His grandma's, like, the one person in his life who's cool with him. Nice, grandma. So he goes to live with her. Grandmas are but, yeah. I'm worried for the grandma now. Yeah. Okay. He, he, uh, she's fine. Okay. All right. He doesn't do anything okay. to grandma. He likes boys. So. 
actually pretty good for him when he went to live with his grandma. He went to church with her. Mm-hmm. He did all the chores. Um, he was looking for work. He followed her rules, except for about drinking and smoking. He was mm-hmm. going to do that. But he followed all the other rules. I, <laughs> I mean, mean, he got a job as a phlebotomist, which is fucking scary. Um, oh, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. He held that job for 10 months, actually, before being laid off. <laughs> and then he's unemployed for two years. And he just mooched off his grandma like a piece of shit. And then he gets arrested for indecent exposure. So he's pulling his dick out now. Um, and he went hard with this whole, no pun intended, um, but he went, he went hard and, uh, pulled his dick out at the Wisconsin State Fair Park, mm. um, and shows it to a crowd of 25 women and children. Yay! Can you imagine? Fuck that. You're so, at the park with your kids. <laughs> and there's just some guy with his dick out. Actually, that happened at, um... <laughs> I happened at this campground that my family and I used to go to, like, every weekend. They were out on the lake. They were out (laughs) on the lake, and we were, like, right, um, like, up, like, our our campsite was right on the lake, like, on the edge of the lake. Did did you see it? I, it was too, like, I didn't really make out what it was, but my parents were mad, and then they called the, like... Can't people. There's a guy here with his dick out, and somebody. I mean, there was like a bunch of people, probably in their like twenties, partying and he needs to be stopped. And they were they went out on the lake, and yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, so that's probably the first. That's probably the first first uh, penis I've ever seen. Yeah. No, no, not the first one. That's good. (laughs) It was like kids, like. Like, oh, like yeah. got little boys pulling their pants down. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like I that's kid probably the showed first. Showed me his like tiny preschool he was, penis at in mm-hmm. the cafeteria one yeah, time. Yeah, he was like, "It's my pinky," and everyone was like, "No, it's not." <laughs> he just literally was like, "Look at this," and like whipped his dick out under the table. Yeah. And I was like, "I I live with only girls. I don't oh, know what's happening." This makes me feel so weird. Uh-huh. Okay, go ahead. Weird shit happens. Don't pull it's your dick weird. out. Just don't do it. Nobody nobody's that interested. Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody's into it. Um, so after this happens, he's convicted. Mm-hmm. He pays a fine and of $50 and some court okay. costs, and then he's good. Now he gets a job at the chocolate factory, which is also gross. So now here we go. Okay. We're kicking it off. Whew. Once he gets a job, an incident occurred where he was propositioned by another man at the library. Ooh, girl. Mm. The stranger passed him a note and was like, hey, I want to suck your D. And Dahmer didn't respond to this proposition, but it did stir up his fantasies Mm -hmm. uh, about control and dominance that he had as a teenager. So this kind of prompts him to start going out to the Milwaukee gay bars. He loves gay bookstores and bathhouses and everything gay that he can get into. He is getting gay. He's getting gay. I mean, nothing wrong with that, but there is something uh-huh. wrong with the other things he does. Yeah. So what this part's hilarious. I put this in here because it made me laugh. Um, he also stole a mannequin from a store that he briefly used for sexual stimulation until his grandmother discovered it in a closet and made him throw it away. Mm. <laughs> That's my sex doll. Grandma, you take my sex doll. Um, mm-hmm. so oh, by 1985, he was getting it in all the time at the bathhouse, but he starts to become frustrated with his partners moving okay. during sex, which is like, so annoying. Uh, I mean, everybody loves a dead fish fuck. 
I can't handle participation. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Um, so, he uh, starts to give them sleeping pills. Whoa. And liquor that is laced with sedatives. And then he just waits till they're unconscious. And, yeah, he's and, just raping them. And rapes them. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's yeah. his favorite. That way they're not moving. That's so pesky when they start moving. Um, so after this happens about 12 times, he gets uh, his privileges revoked from the bathhouse. And they take away his membership. And he can't go there anymore. So now he's just got to use hotel rooms. I mean, he's... He's got a backup That's plan. all they did? The bathhouse? It's they like just a said place. don't come back. They just said don't come back. They didn't like report anything. I mean, what do you think? It's the 80s uh, and gaming uh, and the AIDS epidemic okay, and people yeah, are fucking, right. the stigma is crazy. That nobody's it going to help them. It drives me insane. They're all going to get arrested for having a bathhouse is what's going to fucking happen. <laughs> okay. Hello, yes. inequality. Yes. They right. didn't have a lot of options. Oh, it just makes me so mad. I know. Okay. I know. Brent Corner. <laughs> so, we have any good rants we could film it after this today yeah we can we're gonna do a second series of just us bitching we're gonna have a rant series 1980s I think we've discrimination it's happened so many times now. victims rights we got okay go ahead all right so he's got the hotel room backup plan um mm-hmm. and everything kind of escalates to something worse Dahmer read a report in the newspaper about a funeral coming up of an 18-year-old male, and he mm-hmm. decided this is perfect. Um, he can get a fresh corpse and bring it home. And uh, so Dahmer waits after the funeral and attempts to dig the coffin up from the ground, but the ground was too hard, and I'm sure he was a fucking lazy, drunk piece of shit who couldn't dig a hole. So, thank God that plan did not work out. Um... So, then he was arrested for masturbating in front of two 12-year-old boys down by the river. Uh, <laughs> he initially uh, admitted that he had done this when he was charged. And then he, like, changed his story saying he was peeing, which is like, fuck you, nice try, <laughs> okay. And he gets a year of probation and has to go to counseling. So, at this point, he's out of control. And he went wild and started a spree of rapes and murders of young men mm. and boys. Um, his disposal method typically involved dismemberment of the body, placing the pieces of the body into a bag, beating it with a sledgehammer, and throwing them in the trash at first. And sometimes he would keep the body parts, like severed heads, for up to two weeks, uh, or he would boil them. He would bleach the skulls and keep them to jack off with. And then by 1988, he started engaging in more necrophilia and um, performed oral sex on his victim post-mortem. So, a little bit more about necrophilia and Mm -hmm. kind of what, I mean, obviously it is uh, sex with corpses or sexual acts with corpses, but the biggest um, piece of this is that the partner is unresisting and Mm -hmm. unrejecting. Yeah. So, there's... You know, two pieces of that uh, removes any sort of complications mm-hmm. or need to connect or make any There's have any nothing, involvement. Yeah, yeah. You have just a completely compliant um, partner. Ugh. So there's three types of genuine necrophilia, mm-hmm. and there's a necrophilic fantasy, which is what he started with, where he's has fantasies about having sex with the bodies, and he's not actually doing it. Um, then regular necrophilia involves 
the use of already dead bodies for sexual pleasure. So that would have been mm-hmm. if he were able to dig up that grave mm-hmm. um, and bring that home. That would fall into regular necrophilia. Um, but what he is involved in at this point is the third piece of that, and that's necrophilic homicide. So mm-hmm. he's actually committing murders to obtain a corpse to make it for happen. sexual pleasure. Yeah. So that's part of what he needs to feel gratified. Mm-hmm. He does not want a live yeah. victim. Um, so, one of his potential victims got lucky because Grandma actually walked in while he had a victim passed out. <laughs> and, uh, the dude, like, then got to she live. expected him to wake up. Right. right. Well, she, yeah, she knew there was somebody else down there with him. Yeah. So, he knew he couldn't mm-hmm. not have the person leave. Wow. Well, Grandma finally gets sick of shit and kicks him out because everything smelled bad. She didn't realize that that was uh, dead bodies and rotting flesh because he was keeping parts of the bodies. <laughs> Terrible. I love it. Okay. Um, so he ends up getting in trouble for kidnapping. Okay. And for child pornography. Mm-hmm. And he moves back in with his grandma. So he had moved out for like a really brief period. Right. Um, he's still attacking boys left and right. He even preserves one of his victim's head and genitals in acetone and stores them in his locker at work. So he's, like, bringing body parts to work. Wow. He's officially been registered as a sex offender, though, but he finally has his own place and moves out of Grandma's house now that he has good, steady employment. (laughs) This next section is the roughest part. Buckle the fuck up, because it's called Can't Stop, Won't Stop. (laughs) He just keeps killing with the same M.O., so, um, drugs, rapes, strangles, dismembers, does weird shit with their body, and then he repeats it all. He started keeping the body parts, mostly heads, in the freezer. Um, he mm-hmm. would still put them in acid sometimes, too. He would try to dry them out in the oven. Wow. He would do things like wrap them in a towel and leave them for two weeks, and they would form maggots, and then he would, like, clean them and put them in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, really fucked up. Uh, one of the times that he put a head in the oven, it actually exploded. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was just trying to preserve his victims and keep them around. That was his whole purpose, was to keep to keep them around in a really sick way. Um, and he explained it later that he wanted to preserve their physical beauty. Oh, so right. <laughs> he was, like, wanting to keep someone. And he, like, wanted a companion, but... A live companion just was not going to be it for him. It mm-hmm. really fucked up. Um, he would pose the nude body of his victims and, like, take photos before he would dismember them. And then the cannibal shit starts. So this was like he wanted his victims to become part of him. Uh, he would keep their heart, biceps, portions of the flesh from their legs, mm-hmm. all in plastic bags, put them in the fridge. He would boil the remaining flesh and organs into um, this jelly-like substance. So, like, a congealed fucking substance. Mm -hmm. Um, He was experiencing a lot of depression and anxiety through all of this and often had suicidal thoughts, which... Fucking kill yourself, asshole. Seriously. Um, He continued to rape, murder, and hoard body parts of his victims. And by 1991, his neighbors started to complain about the smell. No. Coming from his apartment. He's giving himself away with the smell. What's Dahmer cooking? He cooks some interesting <sighs> fucking shit. Have you ever lived in an apartment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you know oh that God. fucking smell yeah. of just anything your neighbors are cooking? 
He was boiling human flesh. Oh, Rotten human flesh. Think about when like you, you straighten your hair, curl it, and it burns a little. Oh, like that oh. smell. But then... Oh, God. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that was thank you for that You're welcome um, okay so they also complained about strange banging noises and the sound of a chainsaw um i'm sorry wow. what is that cha- is that a chainsaw here i'm calling the fucking cops what no there's no reason to have a chainsaw actively being used nope. in an apartment no even if you're a lumberjack training for I can't the fucking lumberjack games reasons. i don't care and i used to do some like craft stuff with like with like tree limbs and stuff but i can't think of anything you need to change my wife is a wood carver so that's right yeah no no uh no you don't no, no. so Dahmer um initially excused the odors uh, by saying that his freezer broke and some of his food spoiled. And then other times he would say that he had several tropical fish that um, had recently died. What? Okay, sure. And everybody's like, yeah, sure, sure. sure human sure. like, human like fish. Uh huh. I mean, it's just dead fish. People calm down. My tropical fish collection isn't. I'm just. I can't with this asshole. Um. So he continued to escalate his crimes even more. Just when you think, like, how can this fucking escalate anymore? He does it. He's a piece of shit. So, (sighs) he lures a 14-year-old boy into his apartment and drugs him, like he usually does. And this time he tried something new. He was uh, trying to create his own zombie. What? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, his own personal zombie. No. So, I mean, if you're going to create a zombie, how are you going to do it? You're gonna drill a hole in their head. I mean, that's how you do it. So um, he drills a single hole into this boy's skull and injects Whoa. hydrochloric acid into the frontal lobe. Wow. The boy falls unconscious. Yeah. Dahmer brings the boy to his bedroom and he's already got a naked dead body on the floor. And uh, Dahmer just like lays his new sex toy next to it like that's how he sees his victim put them in order and just lays him down there and then he's like i'm gonna go to the bar for a while so he leaves the boy there goes to the bar when he gets home he sees the boys outside what yes hole in his head injected with acid naked sitting outside Mm -hmm. um and he's talking to people what there are witnesses calling 911, obviously. Whoa. And uh, Dahmer tries to lead the boy back inside at this point. So he does. He brings the boy back inside. He's like, oh, no, this is my naked boy out here. Um, what excuse do you possibly give? Like, oh, he has excuses. Are you ready? All right. Okay. The officers come to check it out. Dahmer says that that's his boyfriend. They'd been in a fight. And the cops were like, cool, bye. Um, what? The witnesses insisted that something was wrong. They said that they could see blood around his right. um, anal region. Yeah. And that it looked like he'd been severely beaten and that there was really uh, something wrong. But the cops were hostile toward the witnesses and actually like told them, like, shut the fuck up and mind their own business. That's insane. So uh, the boy was never <laughs> seen alive again. Um, Dahmer gave him another acid injection. Oh. And I mean, he, I wonder how much damage had been done. Mm-hmm. Just, wow. Yeah. By so the acid. Yeah. That was horrible. 
Then he abducts his next victim from the bus station, drugs mm-hmm. him, injects him with boiling water. So he changes it up a little bit and tries boiling water, um, which this sent his next victim into a coma. Mm-hmm. And, and that's more like what he wanted. Right. And then the victim, uh, two days later, succumbs to mm-hmm. the coma and passes away. So this apartment is a fucking wow. nightmare, hellhole, horrible, horrible. So... Dahmer's next victim. Oh. Wow. The next victim actually ends up earning his trust and outsmarts him. Okay, good. So the next victim is, uh, thank God, made it out. Um, he earns his trust by saying, like, that he's not going to leave. He realizes he's, like, dealing with crazy. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I would never leave. Like, I need to go to the bathroom. Let me go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So he ends up tricking Dahmer. Dahmer lets his guard down. Um, and he ends up punching Dahmer in the fucking face Whoa. and escaping the apartment, which is awesome. There you go. Um, he flags down two officers, tells them what just happened, and actually escorts them back to the hell apartment. Good. He had just been in there being tortured for the previous five hours. So. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of evidence there. And then Dahmer answers the door. And he's like, oh, hi. Uh, and then the cops take a look around. He invites everybody in. Ooh, and he's like, I wanted. <laughs> uh-huh. he's like saying, oh. oh, yeah, you know, I didn't mean to handcuff him. Like, he's saying this right in front of the person he just fucking victimized. The balls on this bastard to look your victim in the face and be like, oh, it's a misunderstanding. Like, but the cops start to look around. Because <laughs> this is a nightmare. Talk about apartment. gaslighting your victim. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> What a piece of shit. Um, uh, so the cops look around for just a few minutes and they find a drawer full of pictures of dismembered bodies. And they're like, weird. Uh, oh, this is, th- these are real. Um, when one of the officers realizes that they are actual photos, he shows the other officer and they're both just like, what the fuck? They, uh, can smell a lot of things happening. Good. They open the fridge and inside... Oh. There is a severed head of a black male on the bottom shelf that's, like, looking at them. So, full head. Wow. Um, they found a total of four severed heads in the kitchen area. Seven skulls in total. Some of them had been painted. Some of them were bleached. Um, they were in the closet. He's just trying out just best ways to preserve them. That is actually yep. 100%. That was his whole... Yep. Yes. He explains it that way. Um, in addition... Investigators discovered a collection of blood drippings on a tray at the bottom of the fridge. Wow. Plus two human hearts, portion of an arm muscle. Um, each mm. of those were wrapped in plastic bags and put on the shelves. And in the freezer, they discover an entire torso, plus a bag of human organs, mm-hmm. and uh, flesh stuck uh, to the ice at the bottom of his fridge. They also discovered two entire skeletons, a pair of uh, severed hands. Wow. Two severed and preserved penises, a mummified scalp, a 57-gallon drum, just like a huge blue, you know those big blue mm-hmm. drums? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good things inside there always. Uh, there were... Three dismembered torsos dissolving in an acid solution when they opened it. Wow. Um, a total of 74 Polaroid pictures dealing with the dismemberment of all of his victims were found. Right. So, 
know. Dang. His reasons. He gave a full confession oh, of all reasons. his murders. Um, and he was happy to explain his whole purpose. I mean, he at least he gratifies the world with giving a fucking response. Yeah. But he's a piece of shit. So, direct quote. It was an incessant and never-ending desire to be with someone at whatever cost. Someone good-looking, really nice-looking. It just filled my thoughts all day long. He basically wanted a partner that would never leave him. Mm -hmm. And uh, when asked why he had preserved a total of all the skulls and skeletons, Mm -hmm. um... He said he'd been in the process of constructing a private altar of the victim's skulls, and he had intended to display it on his coffee table in the living room. I mean, that's where you put your altar, right? Wow. Um, he wanted it to be like a meditation spot, like really chill, like a place to just relax and like fucking vibe out. I can't imagine. I, can't, I fucking can't. hate this guy so much. Oh my god. Um... <laughs> in 1992, he is convicted of 16 counts of murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Okay. He started out in solitary confinement and then he moved to Gin Pop and people just like tried to kill him all fucking I'm time. I'm sure. Yeah. And now we are on the very last bit. I'm so proud of how quickly I got through that. This is yeah, a really, really long story. I started I was... this a couple minutes late, but. <sighs> Powering <laughs> through this shit, you guys. Um, so let's talk about his death because this is my favorite part. Okay. <laughs> the best part of the story. On the morning of November 28, 1994, Dahmer left his cell to conduct his assigned work detail with two other inmates. All right. The three were left unsupervised in the showers. Hmm. And, and this was like inside the gym. Yeah. They're in there for about 20 minutes. And at approximately 8, 10 a.m., Dahmer was discovered on the floor of the bathrooms at the gym, suffering from extreme head and facial wounds. Mm -hmm. He had been severely bludgeoned about the head and face with Mm -hmm. a metal bar. Wow. His head had also been repeatedly smashed against the wall. He was still alive. He was rushed to a nearby hospital. And he died an hour later. So he suffered. And that, my friends, is Jeffrey Dahmer... Do you want to put him in a song lyric now? Because I fucking don't. I have complaints. I will spare you of those complaints. We're going to look at his super fucking fucked up chart. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, you guys. Wow. Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right. Okay. Let me get set set down. You guys, we did our first official rant corner (laughs) on the break. I had a feeling it'd be this week. Yeah. We're not going to tell you what it is in this because oh, yeah. it's not related to literally anything we're doing. Um, I don't remember how we got on the topic. No, but we did, and <laughs> rant happened, and mm-hmm. we got some raw rant footage. So mm-hmm. be on the lookout for us fucking getting mad about something. Yeah, especially if you like our content, but you're not always able to watch a long uh, segment of something. It's short. These are going to be like less than ten minute videos of um, us being of us because. This is very genuine, too, because every time we get together to film, or just hang out, probably, yeah, we always, always get going on some kind of rant about how awful the world is. We get upset about the shitty world. We get upset we about the about same it. things, and that's what's so great. That's <laughs> why I love you. That's just like what makes our friendship special. Yes, We it get does. mad about the same things. We care about the same um, things, and we get passionate, and we have a passionate <laughs> rant. Waiting for y'all. Yeah, so, so here we go. So, so here we go. Go ahead and uh, I'll put the link below for that. 
by Sweet. the way. I'll probably upload it. It'll upload before this, I think. Yeah. Okay. Dahmer. All right. Chart so back time. to Dahmer's chart. Party. Man, this one threw me a little bit. I don't know if it's like my uh, hormonal pregnancy stuff or just like how he's fucking weird. All or... of this it goes like with him, like his okay. life. But like, I yeah, it took me a minute to really decide <laughs> what I was going to talk about with him. Um, the basics for him: his sun sign. He is a Gemini. He's cusping Taurus. Uh, let me turn this mic towards me a little bit. There you go. And then, um, yeah, so he's right on the cusp of Taurus. His son is in the eighth house. And if you know much about the eighth house, it's a, it does include um, death as one of its meanings, transition, um, kind of like power, um, the undertones of society. Uh, this is where he finds his life and his um, kind of uh, his existence is in this space of reality. Mm. Uh, <laughs> or not reality. Of the world. Of the world. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so cusping, Gemini, you know, already. Oh, yeah, and it's it's a conjunct uh, Venus and Mercury, which are in signs that they rule, <laughs> being on that cusp. Um, so they're working very efficiently here with his sun sign. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so Gemini is really like. Kind of a lighter sign, but having it in the 8th house makes it more intense, for sure. Um, but he could probably play that off, I would imagine, pretty well. His ascendant is Libra. So I'm kind of seeing, like, um, a very pleasant, approachable kind of person. You know, probably looks pleasant. Uh, probably, and then once you kind of start talking to him, I could see, like, a lot of this kind of, like, um, he'll be able to show you a multifaceted his personality is very multifaceted, so he'll show you different sides of himself as needed or as he wants. He can like as desired. He can like be the timid um, guy. He can be funny, and he, he can, can switch. And he can come. and he can right. And it's it's not that he, Gemini's are necessarily like lying when they give you different sides of themselves. It's just that like they're really good at narrowing. It, it's they hard can to explain play to their audience. Yes, in a way. that's like a good way to say it. Like you can kind of cater your mm-hmm. behavior to whoever you're yes. around because you know what mm-hmm. people want to hear. Like it's a salesman. It's very intuitive. It really. is. It's, it can be intuitive. A lot of the, I I say salesman because I've known so many people in sales with strong Gemini placements. It is just like such a common huh. thing that I've noticed. It's insane. That's interesting. Like go to your company's like sales department and and see pull. pull I'm some doing charts. that tomorrow. I'm gonna go up there and get everybody's oh fucking birthday and see the people that are successful too. Like the more successful ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, like the the big guy at a uh, company I've worked for. He's like a triple Gemini or something. Like he. <laughs> Fuck! I and, didn't know that was. The and you, it's really good at like working with your small communities mm-hmm. and like yeah. Um, interesting. Anyway, so. Probably don't have red flags with this person right away. Um, but then, as soon as he's got his moon in Aries, and Mars is also in Aries. Um, so as soon as he gets worked up or emotional about something, passionate feeling, kind of like uh, either angry or emotional. Because a lot of times when um, Mars and the moon are set more far away, they're going to process their anger and their emotions a little bit differently. Um, mm-hmm. Like when I sent you that Mars video, uh, it was talking about like when you get mad. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and how you confront that, that was feeling. Such a great video. But he's, it's all kind of wrapped up in the same energy with the same Aries okay. sign there, for him. <laughs> um, so, 
Uh, what was I saying? So he's, it's kind of like, yeah, like you said, like a wildfire. What did you say earlier? Um, um I don't, I don't remember what was, I said, but I do know that it made me think of when he, An explosion, know, I think you said an explosion. Somebody told mm-hmm. him, like, I'm, I want to leave, mm-hmm. and he fucking goes from being that charming, kind of nice, uh-huh. seemingly, then, like, inconspicuous, like, non-threatening uh-huh. person, to this aggressive... Sociable emotion mm-hmm. high emotion and he just like it's swings like, oh into this no action. you're not you don't want to leave oh okay. it flips it totally flips um and he's able to he's, he's really like strategizing mm. for like himself because what he's got going on he's is got that goals and he's got shitty mm-hmm. he's <laughs> <laughs> he, he cares about what he um he okay so where was i going with this so he's strategizing um, and communicating, like, how he wants things to go pretty naturally and things he really cares about with his Venus and his, his personal creature comforts, like, his material world comforts, mm-hmm. um, are going to be, like, very strong precedents for him because it's, like, right around his sun sign. This is, he wants to make himself feel happy. Well, and he saw people um, as things, and that made him mm-hmm. happy to have his things right. all around him. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is just lovely for him. <laughs> he is really... Oh, yeah. He's really making it happen. Mm-hmm. And this is focused on other people as well, because he has his moon and his um, Mars. Well, his moon is actually... Oh, wait, no, I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny how I said that. All right, so he's got his moon in his seventh house, and that kind of makes it where his feelings are focused on other people, where he's processing his emotions kind of outwardly mm-hmm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um and then he's got Mars in the sixth house, so that's going to be more kind of like meticulous, that Virgo energy of kind of like making it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, harvesting, Virgo is the harvester. It's like a, the time of reaping rewards a little bit. <laughs> Material rewards. Um, he has this showing up again um, with squares from this going over to, from his sun sign going over to Pluto. So there's like a power struggle going on with this, and he really he's really wanting to feel um, like he's kind of overcoming something, or he's like um, taking control over something, and that's in Virgo. I keep dropping this pen. Um, I need to hold it though because it's my fiddly thing. Okay, so then uh, and this is related to his life path as well because that's also in Virgo. Um, so he's really um, <laughs> really trying to make himself happy with like all of these things around him how, how am I trying to say that uh, um, he he's he's very forcefully trying to make uh, his himself feel better yeah. um, he does have some trauma showing up um, from his Chiron being in the same sign as his south node um, and conjunct his Ceres so Ceres is about your foundation for love, uh, this kind of sense of nurturing, caring for, like, kind of like a, um, basis for relationships in a way. Um, and so he has this Chiron placement next to this, and that's his trauma, uh, in life. And so it's affecting, it's very strongly affecting how he sees relationships and feels love towards another person or, like, a nurturing energy, um, mm-hmm. and his solution for this with it, there's a trine over to side note, there's a trine over to his Lilith in Cancer, 
which is also about nurturing and caring energy. And like ma- the mother. Uh-huh, the mother, yes. <laughs> and so his solution was for this was to like self-empower himself. To be, mm. yeah, to he make it happen. He definitely uh, found a way. There's delusions. There's another trine over to it's Neptune delicious. in Scorpio, which again is death and things. And that's his, um, that's his uh, first planet is uh, Neptune. So there's definitely some delusions going on, some like fantasies, a lot of fantasies that's in his identity. Um, yeah, and they're retrograde, so it's not necessarily like a... It can make it more problematic. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's got a lot of retrogrades. I've noted he has nine retrograde planets in retrograde, placements in retrograde. Isn't that like all the planets? It's a lot. It will, it's not just planets, it's also oh. <laughs> asteroids and comets and well, his my north and south node. But yeah. a planet, but according to my eight-year-old nephew, it's not a planet. A- so. Astrology still counts Pluto. <laughs> uh, they also count other small um, entities that are similar to Pluto. Dwarf so if you planets. look into it, yes. Um, you can find more things. You can find information on, like, everything. Or you could have a conversation with my eight-year-old nephew, and he will school the shit out of you. That doesn't exist. You're wrong. He literally was like, tell me how uh, many miles Jupiter is from the sun. And he goes, I'll give you a hint. It's a nine-digit number. And I'm just like, That's what the cute. fuck? I thought we were going to Chuck E. Cheese. That I is don't... pretty cute, though. Oh, he's so cute. He loves space. So. And I was, I was good at memorizing numbers as a kid. He uh, will school the shit out of anybody. Really he has great. one passion in this life, and it is outer space. And he knows literally everything. It's incredible. He's like an encyclopedia. It's, it's out of control. That's really cool. Yeah, he's a cool kid. I hope Coda's passionate about something. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Like, finds his passion young. Finds a passion young. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Well, Micah does have autism, so that mm-hmm. is part of it. Mm-hmm. That is part of what this it's is like his a focal strong, point. Yes. It's his, he's been obsessed since Aww. I can remember. So he's devoted to devoted. it. Devoted. Yes. He's very Look devoted. at his chart. Okay. <laughs> um, here we go. Yeah, and so he, when he really wants something and he's really driven towards it, uh, he's taking on this, like, Virgo-y, uh, practical, tenacious, like, um, perfectionistic approach. Mm-hmm. He's taking this way of doing things, making things happen for himself, manifesting them, uh, making them happen. He um, is very regimented he's, with his MO. Yeah, so that he's he running that. away from that past life trauma and his south node then being in Pisces. Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. And that that's one thing that I noted too with the alcoholism is that's that's gonna be probably stemming escapism. from the the escapism mm. with Pisces I didn't and put that together. and Chiron being yeah there was a South Node and Chiron being in Pisces and then having his first planet be Neptune in retrograde. The fact that all in he did Scorpio, was drink all the time always from the time yeah, he was like fucking fourteen. That's that's, that's that a, energy taking place and then having and then escaping into these fantasies of uh, especially oh sexually fan- sexual fantasies because it's his Neptune's yeah. in Scorpio. Um, <laughs> oh man. Um, and then with his trauma, I had a note here. Um, Pisces Chiron placements are going to experience this like tremendous loss and grief uh, early in their life. It's kind of like you lost your god early in life. You lost, for him, it's going to be like he lost his happiness early in life because these squares to his um, his his happiness and like sense of relationships early in life, like love, mm-hmm. um, because of personal squares he has on his chart. Um, mm-hmm. But there was it's like there's nothing to have faith in anymore. 
Um, you, you're supposed to be finding an alternative. You end up finding some form of some other place to direct that energy that would go to those places. Oh, so he, he did. He did. He, like, found the healthy way to deal with this would be, like, you find an alternative spiritual healing. You help others open their eyes to this universal order, uh, an alternative type of life, spiritual lifestyle. And he was like, um, hey, I'm going to make a shrine mm, and an altar to mm-hmm. meditate at of skulls. Yeah. It's <laughs> what I'm going to do. He, yeah, he got it. And got this it. is this is something that hit him as a child. So this is something that, um, like, you could see early on, and him trying to redirect this energy towards his north node, which is a plant area that you're always really pulled to in life. Is that like your future? Um, it's like, like your yeah, it's your it's your life path. It's your direction in life. It's like something you feel constantly pulled towards, and it's your almost purpose. like you never get enough of it. Yeah, yeah, it's like a purpose. Your passion. It can be purpose. obsessions. It can be yeah, like okay. a. Like, my North Node is in Sagittarius, and I always have this, like, pull towards, like, kind of, like, adventure and, like, travel or, like, free-spiritedness or, like, a pull towards, like, even, like, getting into uh, things really strongly, like... um, like a like a mentalist, not escape, but a mental adventure. Like getting into astrology and oh, getting like into reading, biochemistry, getting reading into can be that way too. Yeah, reading can be. It depends. Reading is oh, more. I feel like reading could be more of like an escapism Pisces part of it, but I it depends on what you're how you're yeah. approaching reading. Really, I really only said that because anyway. Britney Spears is Sagittarius <laughs> and she loves to travel and she's a free spirit, yeah. but she also yeah. loves to read, <laughs> loves it. And she actually reads, mm-hmm. like, she's reading, like, a different book every week. Yeah, and it might not be, it might not be your career, it might not be blah, blah, whatever, but, but it's, it's like, interest. something you're always pulled to, into more yeah, in, throughout your life. Okay. It, it's always kind of beckoning you over there. I think um, I find a way to talk about Brittany every time we record. Good. We have to, oh yeah, we have a, we have to do a Brittany segment. Oh, my time. gosh. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he's fighting his past emotional issues by moving into this Virgo space. Um, it's also the 11th house. He's focusing on kind of like bigger groups of people kind of, kind of in a quirkier outsider kind of way. Oh, is that showing his dick to a group of 25 at a fucking Oh yeah, I park? forgot about that. That's, I was like, where is that you know, showing? I'm oh, trying okay. to be part of the group. Here's my cock. I, I, I can't imagine that. This piece of shit. <laughs> he tried lots of terrible mm. ways to integrate himself into a group of women yeah. and children. Um... <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, so he's got a lot of patterns with, like, earth signs, uh, a lot of tendencies towards moving, him wanting to be more in an earth um, sign energy in his lifestyle, Um, you know, really the eighth house scorpionic kind of lifestyle energy, and third house when, and Gemini having all of this kind of, like, small community kind of, kind of multifaceted personality kind of, uh, strategic lifestyle energy um let's see uh those are kind of the themes for him um all that earth sign is really making him like physically manifest his feelings um Mm. as well because he's able to take action on him yes he is uh and then he's really turning him into like a physical thing and i think we saw this with um the last person the person who was like making things out of human parts uh-huh. Um, I can't remember the name right now. Uh, but it was, like, a lot of, like, Virgo, like, uh, 
Earth sign. Oh, you're talking about Ed Gein. That, yeah. Oh, I was like, wait, or, I thought you were talking like, about the same episode. But no, mm-mm. I actually got a lot of Ed Gein vibes too with all of the different meticulous things that he yeah. wanted to do. It's like he, they've got that the fire parts. to to get worked up and make something happen, like take the initiative. They I'm have the initiation be... energy. And then they, uh, chemistry word for his dad. And then, yes. um, activation energy, he's got, they got that. And then they really make it something physical, something that they, tangible of the material world. He's really seeing people, mm-hmm. like we were saying, uh, not as spiritual beings. He's, he's escaping that Pisces type mindset. Like he's, he's not seeing them like that. He's seeing them in a more practical, down to earth, like physical nature. These are my objects that I mm-hmm. need to do this and yep. feel this. And that's why <laughs> he really just needed a fucking mm-hmm. truck of mannequins. And then maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I feel like it had to be something like actually that had been lived, like something uh-huh. that was created of nature, not yes. necessarily of like a man's creation. No, you're totally right. Yeah. He needed, he needed it's there almost, to be life Because the way he, you made it sound, I mean, honestly, I didn't like hear him say any of this, but the way you made it sound like he's talking about these things is almost like an honoring of how they were created in a way. Like, uh, like he was saying, he wanted to see how they were fit. The animals were fit together, fitted together, fitted together, and like he he's wanting to preserve the natural bodies. He's really wanting to like, like part, I think part of it is like wanting something that's that's actually of earth, like something that was oh actually created of earth, not like synthetic man-made. So you just like painted the picture for me. I think that <laughs> okay. what he would have loved, because he was trying to, <laughs> he wanted a zombie. He wanted a zombie. But I do think that what he really wanted was to have the lifeless, once living mm-hmm. human body there with him, mm-hmm. but no decomp. Mm-hmm. Like if decomposition yeah. couldn't happen, mm-hmm. I think he would have been very happy with mm-hmm. his plaything of yep. like, it's exactly. here and it's in the form that I want it and mm-hmm. it's still human mm-hmm. and it can't leave me mm-hmm. now. It's debilitated. Like if this he had person a coma- can't leave coma person too like yeah. that would have been he loved all of his victims even the ones he didn't kill to be sedated mm-hmm. they are still living at that point mm-hmm. so like there the was doll was fine but I, that's component. not really what it's he needed yeah and it never was right so yeah there's something to mm-hmm. the fact that it was actually human because mm-hmm. he cares person. about the the natural yes. side and there's then but he wants that. that he really wants that like <sighs> overpowering aspect uh to i'm in charge yeah i can do whatever i want with this now that is exactly how he viewed his victims they were not Mm -hmm. people right yeah because the spiritual side the feeling side all that was killed in him early um maybe it was that fucking hernia surgery when he was four that was fucking crazy like all of the empathy and things that you feel like that's where his trauma is that's his past that's away from his what he's drawn towards in life that 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 Um, was something he would probably be rejecting those kind of feelings that yeah yeah it doesn't seem like he had any empathy Mm -hmm. even no because that's not how his psychology is working right I mean, he probably was as a young child when he went through all that trauma. But it sounds and then like his at, mom. But his way of coping with it was yeah. not a way where he maintained that in his lifestyle. Speculation. He had <sighs> his surgery, and his mom got all wanted all the pity and all the attention and all the empathy for herself, I and kind of took that. that from him. And maybe it. Ruined oh yeah, there's tons of mom trauma. I don't know. On that's speculation. More even there's even more than I mentioned already. He's got the moon square, Saturn retrograde, Investa retrograde. There's no de- there's a lack of devotion with his mom. Oh my computer just died. Um, <laughs> you got notes, thank goodness. I do have notes. 
Um, and then with the Vesta thing, yeah, lack of devotion, a lot of probably poor structured parenting in some way, either overstructure or understructure. Very shitty parenting. Um, and yeah. then the other moon square he had, a memory, <laughs> um, was to his midheaven. Um, and that's kind of what you're like, that's your reputation, that's your career, that's what you're known for. So mm. it's, there's, it's probably... Maybe something with his mom having a problem with her reputation or she career. She was known as a fucking cunt. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, that's right. You Everybody hated her. That. She couldn't come I to the party. I forget that you tell me stuff. And then, okay. That's why, that's why this needs it, to yeah. be. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody forgets. And then, um, yeah, and probably kind of like hot-headed because it's an Aries. Kind of like maybe manic a little bit. Or maybe he viewed her as like... Um, uh, kind of like childlike or unstable or something. Like it was it probably sounds a lot. like that was a pretty accurate <laughs> assessment on his part, if that is mm-hmm. how he viewed her. So that's, and there's all sorts of mom problems on his chart. Um, and then he had, was there anything else that I hadn't mentioned? Because I'm trying to wrap it up a little bit and talk about his death. Yeah! Okay, because I have more oh, notes. I'm sorry to get so excited. I just want you guys to know I have more notes, but um, I'm going to skip over those to talk about his death. Woo. Okay. <laughs> um... So with him dying in the prison, you know, with the with his buddies, um, <laughs> he was my bludgeon. computer turned back on. What the? <laughs> it it's ready. Maybe it. Whatever. That's weird. Okay. Um, weird stuff, man. All right. It's dumber fucking with us. <sighs> yeah. He knows it's... I'm talking major shit, and, <laughs> and I'm not sorry. Sorry. I always sage and stuff after these things. Yeah, we okay. really need to make sure we do that. <laughs> Uh, and then sometimes I feel weird having the papers and like my notes after too. So oh no, I like, keep all oh, of I kind of wish they were all in my drive, my Google Drive, so they weren't like physically in my space. Oh, I didn't. Thought, I mean, I have a whole folder of every. I set might just of notes scan them all, but then I don't know. I gotta think about what I want to do with them. Okay, anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. On. <laughs> That's great. I just I have a lot of thoughts, man. I love your thoughts. I have, Thank you for I have a lot of air in my chart. I got a lot of thoughts. All right, um, so. His death. Uh, we're, this is us taking his um, death chart and his birth chart. That sounds kind of cool. And merging. And merging and putting, laying them over each other. Okay. Um, so this is like a synastry reading. I was going to ask if it was still like counts as synastry reading it's, if it's over your own I would. Chart? I, I kind of call it like an event chart. Like you're okay. putting an event. Life events together an event over a birth chart and seeing it's kind of like a trans it's basically a transit reading really but it's okay. from the past something that's already happened <laughs> oh. yeah that's kind of that's oh. more like what it is okay um so we're going here um we want to look at his uh, first uh, I, w- I did look at his sixth house because that's kind of like the house of enemies um but there wasn't anything transiting his sixth house it doesn't look like uh the people who killed him were like, like you know, like a villain enemy, like a hero and their enemy, or like to me, it yeah, seems it like wasn't very opportunistic. It was really, it was very opportunistic. It was, it definitely wasn't somebody who had been plotting it for very long. Like they had was, the opportunity. This guy mm-hmm. fucking sucks. Why not? A lot of people probably just liked him. It wasn't like this was like a specific enemy that he had. Um, and then we have the. We also look at the houses. There are the bringers of death, the death Ooh. houses. So we look at the second house, the seventh house, and the eighth house um, for this. I always I look at all the houses, but um, so what, what was interesting here is that the sun was opposite his sun while he died, and the moon was opposite his moon while he died. Um, it's like a cross. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Or it was X. very weird. Actually, it was almost an X. It was kind of like mm. like a lopsided, a little lopsided X. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so, crossing you off the list, bitch. Uh huh. So the sun was. Maybe I will pull it back up if I can. Oh you know. my goodness! Just so I can talk about it easier. Uh, here we go. Sinistry. Sinistry. Okay, here we go. His death and his birth chart. So we have, um, right away, we look at the 8th house first. I like to look at the 8th house first because I'm a Scorpio, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, right away, he has Lilith over his sun sign, and, and it's conjunct his sun sign and Venus. So it's, it's, he's being killed. It's kind of like a, he's being overpowered <laughs> to death, um, <laughs> Because of, like, what he cared about and where he put his, his passions in life and then where he, uh, what, doing what made him happy. He got things. killed for being an asshole. He got killed for doing what he wanted to do, basically, yeah. Um, he was overpowered in death. Um, and then it's over his sun side, so that's like his, that's your head, that's your face, that's your, your being. That's, uh, yeah. hit in the Literally face. hit in the face. Um... <laughs> And oh, uh, we also see that, again, replicated in his second house. Um, there's a lot transiting his second house. Um, we have Juno, Pluto, uh, Jupiter, Mar- Mercury, and the Sun. Um, Woo! Yeah. The gang's all here. Uh-huh. And so <laughs> this is also seen by um, the North Node being um, it, it, hitting his uh, first house during this time. So it was, like, really something in his, in his face, in his identity. Um, to do with his identity. Um, he had to die. Yeah, he was facing day. repercussions of identity. I should probably go back and look at when he got caught and see if that's around the time that the North Node inched over there or not. But anyway, Ooh. I guess it might go... Anyway. Um, <laughs> you know. All right. Then we have a lot of suffering and um, excess suffering because of the Chiron and Pholus transiting his personal North Node. Uh, in Virgo, so this is like a yeah. physical manifestation of pain mm-hmm. uh, in excess because I mean, of Paul being... really exaggerating it. Yeah. yeah, after being bludgeoned and then you're like fucking bleeding out and you don't mm-hmm. die for an hour later, you are going to be in a state of discomfort. And we were talking about yeah, this. Yeah, are. I <laughs> highly doubt that anybody gave this fucking guy any sort of pain medication during this time. Like, who's going mm-hmm. to give a shit? Uh, mm-hmm. It's 1994. This guy's a dick. <laughs> We're not giving him shit. No. Especially with the suffering that he inflicted on so many people. And this is like a judgment day for him in a way. Because in the seventh house, which is the last house we're going to talk about, um, it's he's got the south node transiting and uh, palace retrograde. So this is um, kind of like an inner wisdom of the world, an inner wisdom feeling, a, a cold, kind of a colder decision-making feeling, um, and his past. Yay, yeah, up this you. is yeah, this is kind of judgment day for him. Um, being overpowered, being in a lot of pain, <laughs> being hit in, in the face uh, because of your identity and what you were doing specifically. Uh, and that's yeah, that's all we know. So <laughs> and that <laughs> nothing. Okay, go ahead and close it out, y'all. That was Jeffrey Dahmer. He super fucking sucks. You, you can't make zombies, idiot. Um, but that's what he 
tried to do. So with that being said, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you all so much for being here, mm -hmm. for supporting us, for mm -hmm. being a part of this fucking crazy ride mm -hmm. that is Dark Alignment. Um, give us a like if you like what you hear. Like it. Comment. Interact with us. Comment. We absolutely love it. Mm -hmm. um, if hit the bell. Hit the bell. Subscribe. If you're feeling... <laughs> generous this holiday season you can definitely be part of our patreon yeah. it helps keep the show going um we need some new equipment we actually need to get a longer cord We've so that some... mic doesn't fall so the ghost stops pushing so... our mic off our table <laughs> god yes we need to yes yeah. proof our area we need more sage there are just some <laughs> actually things. don't buy sage because it's not um ecologically friendly so go ahead oh i didn't know that Ooh. i actually don't like sage um, grow, it, grow it yourself and burn it. That's what you should do. Go to your nearest juniper tree. Snip mm -hmm. a little bit off. Dry it out. Wrap that shit up. It's pleasant. Um, that's my hot <laughs> Pinterest tip of the day. All right. So um, that's all we got for Dahmer. That's all um, we got for Dahmer. That's all we got for this episode. Mm -hmm. Check out our fucking bitchy rant. We love you guys. Stay awesome. Take care of yourselves. Love yourselves, and we'll see you guys on next episode, which will be episode 10. Yeah, we already know who we're doing. <laughs>